It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Welcome to the finishing move, the dark matches. If you've been keeping up with us, I'm Big John Radcliffe, along with one of my tag team partners, Chris Colwell. We are the host of The Finishing Move that you can hear on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 a.m. and 106.3 FM. You can catch us every Thursday where we go over all things wrestling, whether AEW, WWE, ECW, sometimes even WCW, just because we like to go back in time and remember the good old days, the quote-unquote glory days. But I can say that we are back in those glory days where we have so much wrestling going on. But before I go any further, my tag team partner for the evening Chris Colwell, the bearded board op, the bearded engaged guy, the man of many names. What's up, Chris? What's going on, Big John? Man, it is good to be here doing the podcast now. We can never quite get our fix of talking wrestling live on the air. And because, well, management won't give us any more time, we had to kind of create our own time. Yeah, we just kind of had to, well, we got to give credit to management. They at least gave us a platform. So you can go That's to true. ATL Sports X. That's where the podcast will live. You can hear old shows that we will air on 1230 a.m. and 106.3 FM, as well as you can catch the podcast that we will record weekly or whenever we really just want to talk wrestling that we will have on there as well. So this is, I guess we're going to start with episode one, match one. This is our rise to glory, so to speak. Uh, We're going to start here. And one of the reasons we're going to start here is with so much wrestling that's out there now, we have, like I said, NXT, we have AEW who's been up and running for a few weeks. We have WWE that has done a brand split with Raw and SmackDown. We have uh, NWA. We have just so much wrestling out there that, honestly, there's a lot of wrestlers that I like them. I just can't remember their names. And so we're going to play the name game. Chris, you down? Oh, I'm down. This this is going to be exciting. Yeah, Chris, we're going we're gonna to challenge your knowledge to see where they are. And when I get, up and get my hands on uh, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, the third member of our stable, we are going to try his knowledge on it to see who goes where. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you a name. You tell me what brand, what company they work for. You get extra points, and I'll keep, I'll keep a tally up here. We'll see how you do. You can tell me what, what brand they are on, what company they work for, and let's just see how well we know some of the superstars that exist in the world of wrestling. Bring it on. You ready? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to start with, I think, which will be a fairly easy one for you. Bianca Belair. NXT. Correct. Bianca Belair, she's become one of my favorites. I like the long ponytail. I'm amazed no one has like take, not taken that and whipped her around with it. But I like I like her. She's become one of my favorites, and particularly she's a former CrossFit superstar or something like that. So she's built like a wall. Oh, she's in great shape. She's had some very good matches in NXT. And I mean, if she was on the main roster, you talk about the hair pull, and I think Bailey might have taken advantage of that the way she beat Charlotte a few weeks ago <laughs> for the belt. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of B- uh, Bianca Belair. I like what she's done. I'm amazed that it it just hasn't become something that someone has grabbed her by a little bit more. I'm also amazed she hasn't used it as a weapon. She could actually take that and, you know, choke someone out a little bit with it. It's just part of her entrance. She can whip it. So Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our next one. And I'm going to go with Mojo Rawley. <laughs> 
Um, gee, that's a good question. I didn't even know he was still employed. Yeah, that one's a shocker uh, to me, well, too. Oh, wow. I'm going to say, does, is Velocity a brand? Because that's where he probably belongs. Oh. I, Sunday night, Sunday night, uh, Sunday night heat. Yeah, Sunday night heat. Maybe shotgun Saturday night. We're Ooh, gonna go way back goodness. old school, metal, oh, wow. jacked, and all that. Um, I'm gonna say raw. He is actually a part of the raw roster. Now, wow. how much longer he's gonna be a part of that roster is gonna be one of those things that'll be a shock to me. We know how disgruntled he's been. He's he's gone public with this on the twitters. So I'd be surprised if he's actually even in the WWE much longer. I know WWE right now, they don't want to lose superstars because, well, we have AEW. We have so many things that are out there. But I'd be surprised if he's actually still there much longer. Well, I, you know, <laughs> if they can keep him around and there's a chance that maybe he lures Gronkowski in for a match at some point, I think maybe that's why you keep him around. But I never really saw a whole lot in him from the get-go. I mean, at best, he, it was him and, and Zack Ryder, the Hype Brothers, or the Hype Bros, whatever their team was named, or the team was named. Uh, that's the best he's ever been. He wasn't impressive in NXT. Got some personality, but that's about it. See, I expected the Hype Bros to actually do something, because I think what you took, you had a fan favorite in Zack Ryder. You had this new up-and-comer, and I thought it was going to be an opportunity for them to kind of groom him a little bit. We've seen it throughout throughout the history of uh, WWE and pro wrestling. I mean, Kane not only was the tag team partner with uh, The Undertaker, but he was also the tag team partner of The Big Show to kind of help get The Big Show in order when he was coming up from WCW over to WWE. We've seen it happen so many times that I thought Zack Ryder being the veteran that he is, I thought it was going to be a great way to get Mojo Rawley involved a little bit more because, I mean, he's one heck of an athlete. Well, he is, but as a tag team, they were kind of casualties of the... 2016 draft. They were guys that were in it. You know, Zack Ryder had gone down to NXT to team up with Mojo Rawley, and I think they were doing pretty well down there. They had a pretty good tag team division in NXT at the time, and unfortunately, two split rosters in, uh, with Raw and SmackDown called for a lot of those NXT superstars to get called up, but some were ready, some were not. That was a case where Mojo Rawley probably wasn't ready. I think them as a team, they weren't quite ready. And I definitely didn't think once they got to the main roster, their babyface stick just didn't work. And maybe as a heel team, they could have worked, but it just ultimately didn't last. Uh, I'm, I, I hope we don't see him leave just yet. I don't think he has the personality to go anywhere else yet. I think it's something that he can develop, but I don't think he quite has the personality yet to go anywhere else yet i hope he gets some more opportunities with the brand split because now it should give him particularly raw it's three hours i mean you can't that doesn't mean anything do the uncreative won't come up with anything see i had the hope when they went to three hours you're what 12 that's 2012 so that's what seven years ago uh, my thought was okay now you're going to get over some of these guys that are mid card and below because you're going to have plenty of time to do it but yet they still haven't done that and I don't expect them to do that with Mojo Raleigh now, just like they didn't do it with Zack Ryder and company back then. Well, and we'll talk about Zack Ryder a little bit later on. I have some feelings about that. Okay, uh, the next one. Isaiah Scott. NXT. You're right. He is an NXT superstar. I don't know a lot about Isaiah Scott. I'm well, he's the sure. former Swerve. It was, uh, Swerve's his nickname, and he was... Oh, yeah. He was in MLW. He was the MLW champion. His act, his ring name then is escaping me at the moment, but uh, a lot of people had, had were impressed by him, and he was a guy that WWE was definitely was on their radar, and pretty good wrestler, not a bad promo either. He's a shocker one there. I do remember him now that you make mention of him. Uh, but someone I'm very familiar with, you might know exactly where he is, Colt Cabana. 
The new NWA. And ROH as well. He's kind of on both, I guess. Correct. And the beauty of that is one of the things I like about NWA is I love the fact that, and I love the fact that the other brands kind of intermingle themselves with it. So it all kind of works out to where you have this, uh, I don't know, the symbiotic relationship where you get more visibility of them and, and you get a wide array of different stories that take place, not just your traditional Raw, SmackDown, you're going to fight the same 20 or 30 guys. you got a wide array of different guys that you can start to move around. We saw it with Impact Wrestling, and uh, what was the one that Jeff Jarrett had? Uh, uh, Global Force yes, Wrestling. Yes, Global Force. Yeah. And we, we kind of saw it a little bit there. So maybe Jeff we'll get- was ahead of his time with that. He was about three or four years too early with that because I think what he had in mind is what AEW is now. It's something that where now you can take – I'm going to go old school and just say it because I, I don't like saying companies. Two different federations – <laughs> there are no federations anymore. Two different territories. <laughs> Two brands. Two That's different what Vince McMahon would say. Uh, well, they're brands. They're not company. They're brands. I don't work for Vinnie Mac. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Well, I tell you what. You know, NWA and ROH kind of have that little inter- intermingling relationship. It's good. You get you ROH is. Got the partnership with New Japan. They had the partnership, I think, with CML, CMLL. So you get to see an influx of Japanese wrestlers and Mexican wrestlers in ROH. You also get to see ROH people go to Japan. Um, and you get the, kind of the same thing. Impact's got some relationships with, I think, Crash. or No, I think they're with maybe with AAA. And it's good. But did you see, uh, I think, Dave Lagana, who's one of the main people with NWA yeah. right now, come out on record and said the only company, though they're willing to work with any company out there, but the only company they will not work with is Impact. Any guess as to why? Well, I mean, look, what, let's just be honest. Are, are you just as surprised that I am that Impact Wrestling is still around? Boy, that's the story. I read, I read somebody had done an article the other day talking about, you know, the main storyline from Impact isn't, you know, uh, the Tessa Blanchard trying to win a male title or anything. It's actually the fact that Impact still exists. And, like, their survival is the most intriguing thing about the brand. And it's amazing that they've had company after company, Panda Energy, Billy Corgan tried to put money into them, then Anthem has bought them, and now they're, you know, buying networks in America to try to keep Impact Wrestling alive and to try to increase that brand. At some point, somebody's not going to rescue them anymore. It's going to be the end, and it's going to be sad, but it's not near as sad as it would have been maybe five years ago because I think you and I both agree we were fans of NWA TNA and TNA, and then, you know, even at the very beginning when they started calling it Impact, that ain't, it's a shell of what it used to be. It is unrecognizable to what Impact and TNA used to be, and it's almost like it's a whole nother thing. And I still go with, you would always hear the rumors that were out there that some of their funding came from Vince McMahon. And I don't I don't go to that conspiracy theory, not at all. But they have to be getting funding from somewhere beyond what they're actually just showing. Because for the stars that you have, either that or they're not paying these wrestlers anything. And I mean, we're talking about peanuts. And I, I think hope- we're talking more in that line. Because and then that's very sad because when you're seeing stars that have come there and I'm going to add them into the list of names to see, you know, who we might know from Impact Wrestling, because we might know one or two names that are there. It's sad that they're doing that because, number one, for a company and honestly, I I don't want to put all the blame on him, but I'm going to put some of the blame on him. Vince Russo. I think that company was better before Russo came along. I think they were doing better. I think. I, I like the main event mafia. They didn't need the main event mafia because the main event mafia consisted of groups of wrestlers that, let's just face it, they were past their time. Their prime days, they were in the rearview mirror. Well, and 
I, I agree with you with that. I, th- I like the idea on the surface of the storyline, though. You've got it's what WCW tried to do in 2000 with the Millionaires Club and the New Blood, but they did it the wrong way. They had the heels as or the uh, the old timers as the baby faces and the newcomers as the heels. When really it should be the overstaying your welcome old guys that should be the heels in this situation, trying to protect their spot. And I thought that was a, an opportunity for TNA to try to do it the right way. Unfortunately, they didn't get any new guy over in the whole storyline. All it did, the only compelling thing that came out of it was another ver- another round of Kurt Angle versus Sting. That was the most compelling thing because they imploded with Sting at the top and Angle trying to, you know, fight his way basically back fight to his the way top. to take Sting's spot in the group. And that was really the only thing. It, it killed time for the impact as they made it through another year. And I just, to me, for a long time, I used to say they spent a lot of money on guys like Booker T and like Scott Steiner and Kevin, Kevin Nash, Nash and Scott Hall and Scott Hall, yeah, and, and guys Rick that all, you didn't move the needle one bit with these guys. There were good signings like Sting and Kurt Angle were great signings, but you could have stopped it with that. You didn't need to go grab these other people. And I'm thinking, okay, you're spending all this money on them. What you really need is to find a way to replicate the WWE marketing machine and get the people that you have brought up from you know, unknown to being mainstays of your roster, AJ Styles, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, uh, James Storm, Abyss, these guys that really, Samoa Joe, that should be the focal point of your company. People should know it because you make a point to get them out there and you're using this money that you should be using for marketing purposes and buying commercials and what strategically getting yourself out there and you're spending it just on name value that really didn't mean a whole lot anymore. Unfortunately, that perspective has changed a little bit because if you've listened to 83 Weeks, Derek Bischoff at all, he's kind of debunked the idea that Dixie Carter and Panda Energy was paying for these guys. In reality, Spike was fitting the bill for most of those big-name guys. So in reality, Impact didn't actually waste money on these guys. They just had to use them. They had a source. But now, and forgive us, listeners, as we go down our rabbit holes, this will happen from time to time as the more you listen to us because – well, this is just fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to talk, folks. I'm going to go down a weird rabbit hole because, you know, I think they made a correction at Impact Wrestling as well with the Aces and Eights. I think that I think they ended the mystery of that too soon because what it did, you took a co- you took a collection of wrestlers, old school and new school. I mean, you got to remember, this was led by Bully Ray. You had Devon in it. You had Taz. But on top of all that, you had... Uh, Young Briscoe, you had uh, Eric Bischoff's son, Garrett, yeah, Garrett. Garrett Bischoff. So you had old wrestlers and young wrestlers. Hilo Brown you brought back yes. in a big part of that. And then also they took something, and I know it was a revamp of something that had been done, but I think they brought it all to an end too soon because you remember back then this was dark AJ Styles. This was AJ with the hood. Yep. This was AJ when yep. he was on the verge of free agency. Yep. So they didn't know what was going to happen with him. And he had been the face so long and whether he was a member of Aces and Eights. And yes, it, on the surface, if you go back and watch it, it does resemble when Sting t- uh, went to the Crow Sting. It does have a resemblance of it, but it was perfect. It worked great. I think they bought that whole angle to an end too soon. I think they could have gone a little bit longer with it. And I think they could have done some more there to bring themselves back to prominence because you wanted to know who was this. And every time I looked on social media, every time I looked around, it was so many cool little things. First of all, for those who don't know, the way they came out, hoods, 
mask, leather jackets. They were like a motorcycle club. It was actually based off of an old movie. Uh, they, well, it was they, a TV show. It was, uh, Eric Bischoff had seen Sons of Anarchy they, on TV and based it off of that. I'll no, actually, it. it was based off a movie, too. Really? The Aces and Eights was an old 70s biker movie. So that was actually the name? Yes. Really? It was actually that. a very old movie. Okay. But the way that they did it was they covered up all the superstars, so so no one, you couldn't see tattoos. Yeah. You could All you could make out was their walk, and even for a while, they didn't walk. It was like currently The Fiend where it was backstage promos, it was video promos, they used voice disguisers, so you had no clue who was there. I think if they would have rolled with that for a little bit longer, there would have been a little bit more that they would have been able to do with that product. I think I, I feel like they bailed on so many products too quickly because what they wanted to work with was what they were accustomed with and what they had seen work. Kurt Angle works, let's stick with him. Ric Flair works, let's stick with him. Even... I'll go ahead and say it. I like him as a superstar. I hope he gets his stuff together. Jeff Hardy works. Let's go with him. And we saw how all of that turned out. Oh, no, for sure. And, I mean, (laughs) I do think it's funny. You mentioned how it resembled a lot of Sting going against the NWO and the darkness that he was kind of in the blur of was he NWO, was he WCW, and now AJ was either Aces and Eights or he was Impact. And it's kind of funny, now that I think about it, the one thing I thought hurt a little bit towards the end of that was, you know, Bully Ray wins the title when he reveals himself to be the leader of the group. Correct. And instead of having a stranglehold on the title up until the hero, AJ Styles, finally beats him, they had him drop the title randomly to Chris Saban, who was the X-Division champion at the time, using that whole Option C thing that started with Austin Aries the year before. They had to pay off on that, like their money in the bank. And you kind of... Ruined that a little bit, but now that I think about it, it's almost like when Lex Luger beat Hogan for that little short stint yep. in the summer of 97. So it's like they really did mesh some old NWO storylines in there. Plus, when AJ finally wins the belt, then there's the whole, oh, is he going to stay? Is he going to be gone? Then it becomes the summer of punk from 2011. So they like took he old storylines and blended them together <laughs> and like paid it off the way that fans thought that all those angles, like Sting should have beat Hogan clean. So AJ beats Bully Ray clean. CM Punk was supposed to disappear for a while, then finally come back to face whoever the champion was going to be. AJ Styles disappeared for like two months and then faced Magnus. So it's kind of funny how they played that out. But I did enjoy the Aces and Eights stable. I liked the intrigue behind it. I didn't... I really thought Eric Bischoff was going to somehow be revealed to be kind of the mastermind behind this because he had been... He had just lost... They just lost a match, I think maybe a lethal lockdown match or something where he had to leave Impact. And hearing that it was his idea... And of course, you know what? What makes more sense than to have, you know, Eric Bischoff come in with it, try to reclaim his place in the company with a new stable, kind of NWO like, and they didn't really reveal that, and they didn't play out on that. And I think Bischoff may have actually left the company for real before they ever played out the whole angle. But uh, I think that would have added a little extra something to it if he'd kind of been the leader or at least one of the mouthpieces. I think if they would have even just gone down the road, and if you're going to steal old angles from people, go all the way. Turn one of their faces that was one of their faces of Impact Wrestling at their time. Turn him heel. Like, it didn't need to be AJ because it had been teased for Dark AJ so much that it was okay to just leave him where it was. But if you would have taken, at that point in time, you had James Storm, who was actually a face. If you had taken James Storm and turned the Cowboy 100% heel... It would have been great because it would have been you would have seen it. You wouldn't have gotten the the shock of Hulk Hogan. You wouldn't have gotten the shock of Bailey, but you would have gotten the shock of 
well, now this is a curve. We didn't see this one coming. And it would have just been something different that you would have been able to do. But we can lament over the errors and the mistakes of Impact Wrestling. That probably is a whole different podcast. We, yeah, we can do a, a podcast and probably get about five or six years out of that. Because oh, I can goodness. go back to 2005, 2006. <laughs> you mean back when, uh, Well, and just one more quick one, you know, when Kevin Nash won the X Division title? Or when Jeff Jarrett held the title for years at a time and would never lose it, and nobody wanted to see him, and yeah, we can go on and on for days. Back to the name game. Uh, Are we still playing that? Yes, we're still playing oh, that. Wow. Look, uh, trust me, I can see this. This podcast is going to be very interesting. That we're going to go down <laughs> some weird rabbit holes here. Thanks but, if you're still listening to us. Well, you can just pause. You don't have to stop listening. If That's you true. need to go get a drink, you can pause for a little bit. Go get a drink. I'm going to pause here. I'll pause right here for you, and then you go get a drink. Oh, that's, that's great, but well, can we su- take a moment, too, to give a shout-out to our friends at Blue Chew? You're supposed to stop talking so they can have... Why, why are we shouting out? Every other podcast does a promo for them. Why not us? I think that's a chance for us to make money. There. You're on your own, brother. No, you got the issues. You're the one who's engaged. Do you need that for the honeymoon? <laughs> what are you telling Perhaps. me about yourself? <laughs> I, I'm perfectly okay. No, ain't nothing wrong with my yang, but I don't know. Look, hey... Whatever you need to help you... Uh, it comes cons- recommended by many WWE legends. If you need to consummate your marriage with, with uh, <laughs> additional barbiturates, <laughs> be my guest. Look, Is I'm, that what Drake Maverick needed? I, I am not When he was trying to, to get the 24-7 title? I, I reckon. <laughs> I'm not joining you on this path. Nope. I have no need for blue shoes. I'm good. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, maybe this out. person. No, we are not editing that out. Why would we do that? There's a lot. This is a podcast. This is the fun of it. We could. This is the stuff that we could say. If you you listen, uh, I'm on the Atlanta Sports X, 12:30 a.m. 106.3 FM. This is the stuff that we could say, and you know, I can't say there because I'd get in trouble. But hopefully, I can say it here and not get in trouble. Uh, maybe this person can actually issue you a prescription for Blue True, Doctor Britt Baker, of all Elite Wrestling. She is. I saw her first match this past weekend, this past week, um, this past Wednesday. I like her. I, I like I like the athleticism that she brings. I actually hope she's the next AEW Women's Champion because I'm just not a fan of Rhea. I'm not either. Um, and yeah, I've been a fan of Britt Baker since I saw her at All In last year, and she's she's a good good female wrestler uh, up and coming. And you do know who she's, I think, I don't know that she's married to him, but she's in a relationship with a current NXT superstar. No, who? That would be your current NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. Wow, don't yes. call me baby. She actually, if, I'm not you, your baby. if you go back and watch All In, she actually comes out, the interest music she used was Adam Cole's theme music from when he was in ROH. Okay. So yeah, it was kind of like a nod to him. No, that that little the little things that we know. Mm-hmm. That the more you know, the more you grow. Uh, next. <laughs> and now you know because knowing's half the battle. Eddie Edwards. I'm assuming he's still with Impact Wrestling, but I don't know. He is still with Impact Wrestling. That's the last I heard from him. Former world champion, two-time X Division champion, five-time tag team champion. Eddie Edwards is still there. I liked Eddie Edwards when he, he was uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. I, I like you mean the Wolves. You're right. I've gotten my Motor City Machine Guns with Saban and Shelly. You're right. I got my tag teams mixed up. You're right. <laughs> ah, generic Jeez. indie wrestler tag team number 45. 
No, they weren't generic. No, they weren't. I, the I kid when were, I say that. Wolves, I like the Wolves, too. Yeah, they were a hot tag team. I love the athleticism that they bought. I actually thought, last I heard from Eddie Edwards, I thought he was actually a fireman. Well, no, I think it's Davey. You're thinking of Davey Richards, who I think is a paramedic and was going back to school all the while still wrestling in Ring of Honor. I think this was before he ended up in Impact. And there was rumors that he was going to retire and focus on his personal life and then he wins the ROH title and all this stuff. It's kind of a storyline thing. But question is, I, I don't know what happened to Davey Richards, whether he's still wrestling at all or if he's just kind of decided to to call it. I know his wife is wrestling in Ring of Honor right now, Angelina Love. And she, I think, just had her quick run with the Women, yes. Women of Honor Championship. She which, did. That was kind of surprising to see her end up in ROH 1 and 2 win their title because she's not one that I typically think of as a solid in-ring women's wrestler. She was just a good character. The beautiful people and impact was always good. She vastly improved. When she was with the beautiful people, it was uh, was Angelina Love and Velvet Velvet Sky Sky and Madison Reigns. Madison Reigns was there. And Uh, uh, Lacey Von Erich. Von Erich. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. (laughs) You do realize your fiancé is going to listen to this, right? No, I was talking about her in-ring skills. They weren't really there. I was going to say, because if you're saying... No, and I honestly, uh, no offense, kind of thought she was a little overrated in the looks department, so there you go. I was about to say, because I'm used to working with the third member of this stable, and anytime you mention a woman, <laughs> oh boy. But that's another story for a different... different yeah, story. there's yeah. some women in Southern Honor Wrestling that are, probably hide. They have restraining orders against yeah. them right now, from what I I'm pretty sure Adam Gillespie's not allowed in Canton, Georgia. Po- quite possibly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, when she... Angelina Love... When she she went out on her own, she got so much better. She developed at, better as an in-ring performer. I mean, her moveset, it will, it will never be up there of, and I'm going to use this as an example because I was a huge fan of hers, of Gail Kim. But they put they got her with the right moves, the Botox injection. Oh, gosh. Think, look, hey, it was a super kick that worked. You know those three moves that they give to wrestlers who can't perform them properly. What is it, the face buster, the DDT, and a super kick? I, I thought you were just talking about like something she may have had. I didn't know that was actually her, her that was move. The name of her finishing move. <laughs> oh yes, of course. It was yes. the Botox injection and the unprettier. And yes. I- ironically, it was the face buster was the unprettier that they gave to her. But she got much better as a wrestler. So it doesn't surprise me that she ended up in Ring of Honor because she developed a fan base. She went through injuries. She had a child. So congratulations to her. Um, but. After she went through the injury, and then I think she just saw the writing on the wall with Impact Wrestling. It's funny how we always travel back down the road to Impact Wrestling because, well, they just have so many horrible things. Speaking of an Impact Wrestling alumni, she's not there anymore, but where is Awesome Kong? I Last I heard, she was in AEW, but I'm not sure if she's still there or not. She's still in AEW. She actually, I recently... uh, Saw her on the YouTube. I can't remember on whose YouTube page I found her on, but that she was on there and she was making reference of how excited she is about helping being a part of helping grow the women's division of AEW. Now, I loved Awesome Kong. I wish she would have gotten more time in WWE. And I can't understand. I wish I I would love to know because she left after she had gotten pregnant. Right. And so ultimately, I think she only wrestled. I don't even think she wrestled a match. She I, she was in the Royal Rumble the next that year. That was post-present, post, uh, post-pregnancy. It, right, right. Yeah, she she had made run-ins and had kind of did the whole Brock Lesnar debut thing where she kind of ran rough shot through all the women's wrestlers and was just, you know, laying everybody out. And then she just had like a random breakdown in the middle of the ring. 
and that's when they announced, she announced that she was her pregnant. pregnancy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think it was that that random because, and well, running rub shot first. Let's backtrack there. That's where I wanted to start. It wasn't too hard to run rub shot over the women's division back then. Yeah, well, that was 2011. It was bad. Yeah, that was the... Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly. That was Eve Torres. That was Layla L. That was... Layla L. was probably the most... The best wrestler of the... She was okay. Her and Michelle McCool. Yeah, Michelle McCool was actually pretty good. Uh, Layla was okay. As a package deal, they were a good heel. They were good. Yeah, I didn't think Layla was anything special in the ring necessarily. Mickey James... Yeah, she was great. That was it. I mean, yeah. this was. A, I mean, this, this was, was the era that led to Caitlyn being the champion. Ooh. Who, goodness gracious, love, hey. and Wait, you know, hey. as as great a personality as AJ Lee was, I don't think she was necessarily anything great to watch in the ring. And she kind of carried the division, but it was. Well, I mean, she. This is know, all pre women's revolution, obviously. So this was yeah, this was pre Page coming out and yep. winning and what. Seemed like the well, I can't call it the fastest because we've seen Melina who came out there and she beat uh oh the Jillian Hall yes, yeah yeah on Raw like yeah I remember that in a return match so you know we we saw some quick matches and thank goodness for the women's revolution because they got a chance to develop a little bit better and a little bit faster and we've gotten a chance to see some better athletes in terms of our women wrestlers that have been out there. The reason why it's the women's division and not the divas division. These these women that we get now are actual athletes and are learning to wrestle. Back then, it was about just go Modeling. take up some TV time and make the guys in the crowd happy. And, and honestly, if if you haven't seen, a, I'll give you a viewing recommendation. Um, Paige's the movie uh, was produced by The Rock, but it was basically the story based on Paige, the family that fights. Yes, fantastic movie, great movie, incredible. If you haven't seen that? Go and check it out. It's definitely worthwhile because when you watch it, Paige was not a model. Paige was a no. wrestler. She wasn't someone who was just out mm-hmm. there trying to look cute. She was actually out there to fight. She came from a fighting family. She came from a competing family, and that's what she wanted. Absolutely. Oh, and speaking of that movie, just to give some props here, like how spot on was uh, Zelina Vega's impersonation of A.J. Lee? In that movie. She's but, the one she played her in that movie. Uh Rosita formed Rosita in TNA. I can't even, I'm not sure what her actual real name is, but she was pretty much nailed AJ Lee as an in uh, as a promo. I mean she had you, her down. If you actually go and look at uh Paige's Instagram account, I can't think of, I think it is just the real page. All the actors and actresses, pretty much I think except for the mom, they kind of nailed spot on in terms of the yeah. way that they look. Yeah. They kind of her dad, Paige. You're right. Mm-hmm. Selena Vega did a great job. Thea Trinidad's her real name. Uh, they nail, and that is actually the wife of Alistair Black. Right. Yeah. Speaking of another, another wrestling couple. It's crazy how that's been. Well, I mean, you it's know, more than I ever remember it being. It's I, like I think we know more now because of things like social media, because we have more access to the superstars and the wrestlers now than I think we did in the past. I mean, think about it. I was, I don't remember exactly how old when this actually happened, but I didn't find out about it in, until I was in my, easily my 20s, that uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and uh, Iron Sheik were busted doing cocaine in a car together. Yes. Great story. <laughs> Fantastic story. I mean, we would have found out about it on social media the day it happened. Yeah. But you didn't find out about it until no, years later because no. it was so easy to sweep it under right. the rug. It was so easy to Poor RVD it. and Sabu when that happened to them. Exactly. 
Like even the now, death of the new ECW happened that day. Like even now, I think a little bit more, just even more recently. If it weren't for social media, I don't think we would have ever known Chris Jericho had his belt stolen or lost. Probably not. But that didn't. That was so entertaining. I mean, the quest that's, to find the, the that's <laughs> just the genius that is Chris Jericho. I believe. Absolutely. I think he just came to the conclusion of. I don't want to be made to look like a fool. I'm going to make fun of this. Yeah, and I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to embrace this. Now, the thing that would have been really been funny if AEW would have said, well, guys, we don't have any more money for a new belt. <laughs> like, we're just starting out. We can't go Sorry. dropping a couple of grand on another belt here. For I mean, for week. all we know, the belt actually was lost, and Jericho just you know went into his Fosse money and was like, here, just but make a new belt. <laughs> Order a new belt real quick. Yeah, uh, let's cover this. Let's make it an angle. And we'll just, I'll, you know, give the belt to the local PD there that and they'll claim that they actually found it. So if you actually have the uh, AEW championship belt, tweet us. Take a picture of it. John Radford. Well, no, bring it to us. Big John will give you some good money. No, no I won't. No? No, that's theft. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. I, I, you could just tweet me a picture. I want nothing to do with that. that that's, that's a crime. They put people in jail for these kind of things. Cole, well, good. Yeah, they've probably already forgotten about it by now. No. Or or will we give it back to them? Will they smash it and call it the AEW hardcore title? No, then that's that's theft <laughs> and that's destruction of private <laughs> You criminal. I didn't say I was going to do it. I said they were going to do it. Oh, so then you drag us into it. <laughs> no, we are on episode one of our <laughs> podcast. Okay? The we, first and the last? That's what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> okay, we got, we got a successful little radio show that we have here every Thursday. Doing pretty good for ourselves. Let's not go ending this podcast today. Good stuff we got going on here. All right, another name I'll throw out for you. Brian Cage. The Impact World Heavyweight Champion, if that still exists. Is, is it still World or just Impact Champion? Because I, I don't. Does he defend it anywhere other than, well, U.S. or Canada? Does anybody else want it? <laughs> so I guess Sammy Callahan may have, but then again, maybe that's why he lost. He didn't want to actually win it. I don't know. I mean, we just said it on the air, uh, you know, what, two weeks ago that, wait, hold on a minute, Bound for Glory still exists? Yeah, right. I mean, it's still running strong. It was at some expo center in Chicago or outside of Chicago. I think it was in either Villa Park or somewhere, one of the suburbs of Chicago. And, I mean, it's just a, you look at, the bound for glory of yesteryears and seeing them even in the impact zone it looked more impressive than you know where it's been the last few years or the years that they did some of the you know medium-sized arenas and it's just it's depressing to me to see what (laughs) what impact has become honestly i think they almost need to go back to the ecw days and just do it in a and do it in like small venues like they did in ecw where it's just not even large enough you know you're talking 3,000 people? They need to find somewhere, a town somewhere, that has a good fan base, a basic fan base, that would be willing to latch onto your product. Go back to your roots, like when they were in Nashville at the Asylum, and they were there every week. Or even in the Orlando days, and they were at Universal Studios. I don't think you want to do there, because I think they kind of killed that town. But find somewhere, a city that will embrace you, and just run with it. And see, you know, try to get some, you know, some footing as a company and have a good have a you know have it to where you can set up an arena that will look good and it you don't have to worry about changing carrying stuff on the road to go to this town to this town for your next taping you know you have one arena that's always your arena i mean take some money and buy a building somewhere what and point? call it your own honestly we've talked a little bit about southern honor wrestling and brandon benefield a friend of ours uh, of the mean street uh, podcast you can find them uh 
somewhere on whatever you listen to your podcast How on. You promote someone and not even. <laughs> On on iTunes, on St- uh, Spotify, they're Stitcher. somewhere out there on the internet. <laughs> Just put go to the interwebs. They're out Find there on Twitter as well. Um, they also happen. They are uh, heavily affiliated with Southern Honor Wrestling right now, and we've had them on to promote it. We've had Brandon on to promote it. And what he has told me is that the building that they use up there is owned by the guy who runs the company. So, or at least that's affiliated with the company. So they don't pay. To rent that building. It's theirs. They have it there in Canton. They have it set up the perfect way that they want it. They don't have to move equipment around. So they have good production value because it's set up exactly the way they want, the way they want it. That would be a good idea for Impact to do something similar. Find somewhere, a niche place somewhere in the States or in Canada or wherever. Technically, they're a Canadian-owned company. Find a good town in Canada that still loves wrestling and just be there all the time. Until you can get some, start making some waves to where when you go to these other places, people actually care again. See, there you go applying real world logic in a place where it clearly doesn't belong. Very true. Very it, true. Because you're looking to try and make logic of this, and it's not going to happen. And we thought when Dixie Carter was gone that everything was going to be fixed. And I don't impact. think Dixie's gone. I think Dixie Carter got smart enough to do exactly what Vince has done. I'm going to go behind the scenes. I'm going to gonna dance, and hopefully people forget about me. And I think Dixie Carter's still back there. Dixie's had too much interaction with the WWE for that to be the case. I don't think that, that I think she is completely removed from that. She's doing whatever she's doing in Nashville or Dallas or wherever it is that she's at. And it's just it's up to Anthem to figure it out. And you saw the trouble the Hardys had with them as a company when they were leaving. Yeah, the whole the whole broken universe and all that. It's it's just kind of a headache situation. I think I still think Dixie's there. I think it's she's possible still behind the scene. I think. I know, mean, you never say never in wrestling, right? Here's the thing. That'd be the know, greatest storyline. Here's the thing about uh and Dick. You know, Dixie Carter comes from money. Her husband's very wealthy. Here's the thing about having that kind of money. I call it bleep you money. <laughs> when you got that kind of money, you can say bleep you. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Yeah, it's just the kind of way the look at Vince McMahon. He made women in wrestling his personal. I don't want to say sex toys because we don't know if he had sex with them, but he lived out fantasies with them. He kissed another woman in front of his wife. He made Trish Stratus get down on the ground in the ring and bark like a dog. He made grown men kiss his backside. I think William Regal come up with that idea and volunteered to do it. But JR did not. I didn't mean it was okay. So you mean to tell me if someone came up with an idea, Chris Colwell, kiss Big John's backside. Just going to go with the flow? No, it's a bad idea. I don't want you to. I don't want you kissing my bum. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah, and see, that's thing. It was his personal. I'm glad that wasn't, like, grounds for me joining this show. No, no, no. Our initiation process is way easier than that. We go through a lot of. You just have to be okay with being on the air with the road dog. And he might get naked. <laughs> yeah, and he might get us fine because of what he says about. Women and wrestling no, on the air. Me? I have nothing to do with. It. Well, <laughs> the opinions of those expressed by Adam the Road Dog Gillespie are those of his own. Those are not of Sticky Broadcasting, Atlanta Sports X, twelve thirty AM, one hundred six three FM, The Finishing Move, John Radcliffe, Chris, Chris Colwell, or anyone else affiliated with said program. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program, <laughs> The Finishing Move Podcast. Well, guys, uh, you can see how we like to have fun doing talking wrestling here and this is what we like to do we like to we're we're a group of guys that we just enjoy talking wrestling 
And we hope you guys enjoy talking a little bit of wrestling with us. You can listen to us every week on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM, 1063 FM, from 7, 8, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., as well as you can go to atlsportsx.com. We'll have the show that we just did. It'll be up there, as well as we're going to do a podcast. We're going to try for every week. Might be more as pay-per-view comes about. And then you can also go to the Atlanta Sports X YouTube page, and you can see the finishing move live from the living room where we do a live program of it. So we try to bring you as much content as possible. All right, let's go for, I don't know, let's say one or two more names, and you've been knocking this out pretty well. Uh, let's go with the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> You're laughing. I mean, it's got to be a pro wrestling Noah team, right? It's a uh, what? Uh, Ultra Pan? What about Wrestle 1? They might be there now. They Ironically... Might? They are the WWE's women's tag team champion. They still exist? They do. Whoa. Now, I want to add a little twist of irony into it for you. There's rumored that those belts are going to be defended at NXT. That's not rumor. I think it was actually announced. So go figure that one out. Yeah. These are the WWE women's tag team champions that they're defending at NXT. I mean, will it become the NXT women's tag team titles? But they're adding all the other titles that WWE doesn't want anymore. The Cruiserweight title. Will will 24-7 end up in NXT, too? I don't think they have enough women on the NXT roster to have tag team titles. They don't, but that hasn't stopped them in the past. Do they really have enough male wrestlers to have a Cruiserweight title, a North American title, and a world title? They have a total of 14 women on the women's NXT roster, one of which is already the WWE NXT Women's Champion. So that takes it down to 13, ultimately. If you make a tag team division, you can really only make about three teams. That takes it down to six, which really only leaves you seven individual wrestlers. And let's just face it, NXT is supposed to be developmental. Those seven can't carry that division. No, and I think NXT is slowly becoming more than just a developmental. But well, it th- had to because it's a part of the Wednesday. Yeah, right? well, yeah, and it's also, I mean... As a as a brand, I mean, now that it's on USA, it's definitely going to be more than that. It's going to be its own thing. But that said, I think the problem with the tag titles, you introduced it. I think it was a good idea. I think having a women's tag team division wasn't a bad idea whatsoever if you had the, the women to actually fill it out. Now, the fact that on the main roster you have already have two women's championships between Raw and SmackDown, let's say you merge those two. And you had one singles women's champion. And you've got four or five women that are gunning for that title. But then you've got the rest of the women on each brand kind of left with nothing to do. Then you've got women you can put together to form tag teams to go after this women's tag team title. It gives something for one of the, you know, say, obviously, say if Bailey and Becky Lynch were going head-to-head for the main women's title. Well, you know, you got Charlotte teaming up with somebody against Sasha Banks and somebody. There's your tag team division. See, you could have done it that way and it would have worked. The problem is is that you've already got thin rosters on Raw and SmackDown. How are you going to fill out a tag team division? And see, that's the thing. I don't think they would ever partner someone like Charlotte with someone. Probably not. I think Vince is perfectly Vince is 100% in the belief of when he's looking at look take for example the draft taking place. I need someone that can carry this for this transition. He looks for people to carry through the transitions, whether it be a Cena, whether it be a Taker, whether it be a Rock, whether it be uh, a Roman Reigns. 
even to some degree, I read an interesting take that someone put out there on why Seth Rollins would actually never get a chance to be that transitional guy as much as we would like to believe because he Seth wasn't ever really and truly Vince's pick. It was Triple H's pick. And so that Vince looks for that transitional person to move those moments along and I think he thinks that he feels like Charlotte Flair is that transitional person. He thinks Brock Lesnar is that transitional person. And for major movements like this, I want to capture your attention. Let me put the belts on them. Well, and for Charlotte, I think it's a case of, look, she puts on good matches every time. She's, she's reliable. And she's got the name recognition. All you have to do is say Charlotte Flair. Flair is going to get somebody's attention that hasn't watched in a while. And they say, who's this woman wrestling? Oh, Flair. She's Ric Flair's daughter. I'm automatically tuned in to, you know, at least give this shot to see what she's all about. Now, obviously, Becky Lynch has risen up the way she has. But up until her, I don't know that there was anybody on the roster, or the women's roster, that was rival to Charlotte as far as name recognition and as far as value. And now, you know, she's established herself, won the title as many times as she has. She's kind of like women's wrestling royalty at this point because of what she's been able to do. And she is one of the pioneers of the she was the first of the four horsewomen to win a title on the main roster. So she's kind of like the pioneer in a lot of ways of what became the women's evolution. See, I feel like her and, and this is no knock on the competitor that she did it with. I feel like it's a joke to me how many times she won it because it was literally week after week. Sasha won it. Right. Uh, Charlotte won it. Sasha won it. Charlotte won it. Sasha I love their feud. I just thought the it was unnecessary to trade the title that just, many times. And that's yeah. where I feel like to me the amount the the length the amount of her title reigns are a joke because when I look at someone like John Cena, for example, when you talk about how many titles how many title reigns John Cena has had, there's some lineage there. Oh Rick sure. Flair, Triple H. These are guys that when you when I see it, it's like these you know, this was over the course of some decades that they racked up this many. You're talking about Charlotte Flair, who's only been around for, what, five years? Right. Yeah, it's kind of insane she kinda that she's caught up title. to her dad in five years. Right. Well, and, you know, Cena's title reigns crept up there fast because, you know, he had, like you mentioned, he had some reigns in there that were pretty lengthy to begin his, his ascent to the main event. And WWE had a thing towards the end of the 2000s where they were kind of flip-flopping the world heavyweight and the WWE title a lot, and that's how... Edge's title reigns got up to really high when he really never had a long title reign. Randy Orton, same way. John Cena. And it's the same thing with this women's revolution with Charlotte. Because there's a Raw and a SmackDown title, it's really easy for that to happen because, okay, we've kind of exhausted her as Raw Women's Champion. Let's send her to SmackDown. She'll be champion there. And, oh, well, she's done on SmackDown. Let's send her back to Raw. Make her champion there. It's fresh again because she's been gone for a year. I mean, it... That's the problem when you have two championships that are the same on two opposite brands and you don't keep that same person on that one brand for, you know, two, three, four years. When you're sending them one year to Raw, one year to SmackDown, that's going to happen because you're going to keep going to what works. It's not risky to step out on a limb and say, okay, well, let's try Nia Jax as the champion and let's see what happens. No, Charlotte works. We know she works. Let's just keep going back See, to that. The difference between, like, say, Charlotte and I'm going to go with, you named him, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, you're talking about a 19-year-long career. He started. He debuted in 2000. He's a four-time world heavyweight champion, a one-time world tag team champion, a nine-time WWE champion, intercontinental champion, a SmackDown tag team champion, and a United States champion. 
there's some, and I, I would be intrigued. I need to break down the reins to see how, how they worked out here because there's some space in between there. There's some gapping in between there in terms of his reins. So you had some room that goes in there. Where, and I understand in terms of the women's revolution, when you're looking at it, you know, yes, there wasn't a whole lot of actual other competitors that you could really just throw into the mix. Because let's face it, I'm not putting the belt on either one of the Iconics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just go right there. I, I, I'm just Naomi took some time to get to where she is. Yes, she earned it. She deserved it. Even Becky, Becky Lynch, initially out the gate, she she's a great superstar. But the gimmick, no one helped her refine that gimmick. That that steampunk thing, I mean, come on. It, it it was, yeah, it was lackluster at best. So I think what they did with Charlotte in terms of, here's a belt. Oh, you get it back. Oh, here you go. You get it again. Oh, there you go. One more time, kid. Okay. Okay. No, well, one more. Oh, okay. It, it's just, it, it wore on me very quickly. I'm not taking anything away from the talent that she is and what she brings. I just think right now there has to be, something else to mix into it. And yes, genetically, the the way that she towers over every other female superstar, it's amazing, but there has to be some more that some more that we add into it. Oh no, for sure. And you would hope now that she's on uh Monday Night Raw with uh Becky Lynch as well. And you've kind of seen them go back and forth for I mean what, well over a year now. I would hope that they're not gonna go back to that well again and they'll do something different with Charlotte now that she's no longer on SmackDown, she's not the champion there. But uh, it, they've gone way too long with her right now. You could almost she could stand at maybe take maybe three four months off and just kind of back away, let her go home, heal a little bit, and bring her back when she's fresh and people care again. Yeah, I think there's a lot more that needs to take place there in terms of getting her her character caring a little bit more and going away, and maybe you'll want people to care about her some more because I don't think people care enough anymore. I think it was great when you had her with Flair, with her dad, that is, and now I think that's just kind of worn on everyone. So, I don't know. We'll see what WWE has done. Well, Chris, this is episode one, match one on our rise to the gold here on Finishing Move, the dark matches. What do you think? We have fun? I mean, I had a blast. The question is, will management hear this and cancel it after one episode? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was the plan from the get-go. Okay, look, so for you guys listening, you can listen to The Finishing Move on 1230 AM, 106.3 FM, or on the Atlanta SportsX app. It's in iTunes and your uh, Google Play Store. Uh, also, you can download the podcast. We will have it on atlsports.com as well as we're going to get it on a few other platforms for you out there as well so we'll have it all over the place where you can download it listen to it you're going to hear this trifecta of i'm going to call us that a trifecta of superstars that'll consist of myself big john radcliffe one of my tag team partners chris colwell the bearded board op the bearded engaged guy the bearded engineer bearded wrestling fan bearded producer the bearded wrestling bearded fan. editor I'm, I'm bearded a lot of things bearded man in the circus um, <laughs> and Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. So on behalf of the trifecta of the finishing move, thank you for listening to the finishing move, the dark matches. We'll catch up with you guys next week. We'll talk more wrestling, more all things wrestling. We're going to just have a little bit of fun with it. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.